Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing. I'm Tim Ryder from Mesmerized. It's nice to say that again. Back with me is Jacob Resnick from Mesmerized. Uh, we have so much to talk about, guys. Jacob, what's happening? Well, uh, for me, not much because I'm currently in quarantine at school, um, sitting in a uh, otherwise empty uh, dorm room. Um, you know, I- I'm-, I'm doing well, just uh, being safe, potentially came into uh, someone who uh, did contract the coronavirus, but uh, I'm doing I'm doing well. Um, but it's given me plenty of time to ruminate with the, the news of the uh, approval of Steve Cohen um, and what. What better news to get? I I, I don't know. Uh, it's been it's been uh, a whirlwind of the last uh, forty eight hours. So uh, looking forward to popping back on here and chatting with you. Same here, man. This is um this is exciting. You know, everyone remembers playoff runs in twenty fifteen. You know, pennant chases, whatever. Like this is that sort of excitement. It's um it, it's you know at times it's even it's just as it's not more exciting. You know, I woke up. Saturday and it's um you know it's of course it's the first thing that pops in pops in my head and it's just it sets the tone for the day like this is literally a new beginning um you know we've we've all voiced our <laughs> grievances about the prior ownership uh group and and how they conducted their business and he, he who know, shall not be named he who yeah so we, we've spent enough time talking about those folks and um you know, even going as far as to thank them for their time. Like, sure. Thanks for, you know, dragging us along, I guess. Um, you know, our loyalty proved too, too strong for, uh, for the fucking meddling. But that's neither here nor there. We've moved past that. And, and in the most literal sense, it's, it's actually, um, it feels really, really good. Like, all right. So entering an off season where you have, you know, uh, just a boatload of mid to high tier um, free agents, uh, whether you look at the, the team options that are being declined, um, the non-tenders that are going to come later this month, it, it's, you know, for once, not having to worry, like, not having to worry about the money is one thing, but, like, you know, if Cohen and Sandy Alverson, and, and it, it appears that they're going to be hiring a president of team opera, of baseball operations and a general manager, you know, do this kind of compartmentalized um just everybody's going to have their own job and if everyone comes to the general consensus that all right this is the player we want there's going to be no other restriction and that that's a nice change like i don't think anyone expects steve cohen to come in and start spending stupid money like of course we're all going to applaud it but i just see a more calculated approach and it's it's um it's very refreshing and it's uh for any of us who live and die with this team or or write about the team it's uh, just such a weight off of our minds, off of our shoulders. Just, you know, we can only focus on moving forward now. We don't have to worry about track records and stuff. It's uh, very exciting times. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm much younger than a lot of people that I converse with on, whether it be online, on Twitter, or, or have conversations with, with people that I know. Um, you know, I don't think they thought you know, an ownership change would ever happen in their lifetimes. And I certainly didn't, I certainly didn't think so either. And I'm uh, much younger than a lot of uh, the people that I was having these conversations with. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, this just was never even something that we were just kind of resigned to the fact, okay, we'll just always be under this, this, I don't want to call it a spell, but like this, these weights, these, these chains holding the organization down that we, that we, uh, that we follow so dearly. Um, so it's weird. And it, um, it just, it, it doesn't, I, I really don't know. I mean, it's a whole following a, a Wilpon run team is such a mindset that you just have to get yourself into and just realize this is the way life is. This is how it's going to be. And no matter what they do, that might sound good on the outside or whatever. Um, it's just always kind of going to be like this. Um, so it, it's certainly going to take a little bit and I don't know exactly how long, but it'll take some time to, to get used to the fact that, um, you know, it, it, it's not like the, the, Previous people are staying in any way, shape, or form, even if they have maybe 5% of the team or less than that or whatever. Um, this is completely new, and Steve Cohen's going to have the ability to to really implement whatever kind of environment he wants. Um, and if that includes spending on the top free agents, which this organization hasn't done clearly uh, in uh, recent years, um, or really ever, um, that this is... Uh, this is going to be big and um, I'm just kind of excited to see where it goes. I, 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 I apparently he's on Twitter now and, and tweeting at people and, and looking for their, their input. And I, it's, compared to, to Jeff Wolf on having a, a private account with, with five followers, uh, this is certainly weird. Um, but yeah, it's uh, definitely a mental shift for sure. It's just, it's the stark opposite in, in every way conceivable. Like you were saying, I mean, Steve Cohen was on Twitter this morning and it was just confirmed by Mark Carrick from The Athletic that it is indeed him. Um, you know, he's on Twitter this morning. Like you said, he's, he's soliciting fans. You know, what do you want to see? How can we make your experience better? And that's, you know, <laughs> that's just in itself is a complete 180 from anything that this organization showed in the past. I mean, even in Cohen's introductory statement um, after the approval on Friday. So he's going to put $17.5 million into city-developed programs. Um, oh, I had my little list here. Um, he's devoting, he's going to expand the Mets Foundation footprint into more, um, I guess, social efforts and social uh, local nonprofits. It just, you know, He's reinstating all of them, all Mets employees, every one of them, down to like, you know, the grounds crew, um, reinstating full salaries as of today, November 1st. Like, this is just, it, it's and a whole new world. That, and that's and that's pocket change for him. <laughs> it is. And this is like during the whole A-Rod thing. Like, all right, so he's pulling together money from, from two dozen other people just to kind of get the money up and... You know, Steve Cohen's just jingling his pockets, and he's like, "Oh, here, here's two point four billion. There you go." Like it, it's, it's just such a um, it's from a fan's perspective, it's a, it's a relief. You know, from baseball's perspective, and you could see by the vote, it was um, you know, I guess John Heyman put it good. It was as close to a landslide as you could have got, and, and you know, it, it, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Um, yeah, everyone's hurting right now, and Cohen didn't take those losses last year. And, you know, he's – I hate counting his money for him, but he could. He's the type of owner who could get through this shithole of a season and shithole of a year. Um, 
And, you know, of course, he's probably got to tighten his belt in some areas. Everyone would have to. Everyone is across the nation. But, you know, it, that's why what kind of baffles me about the MLB situation. Like, this is a $10 billion per, dollar per year industry. Um, you know, TV revenue still pours in. And sure, it was a third of the season. But, uh, you know, you have to assume that they can get by after this. And seeing this whole rash of, you know, very good players being uh, having their options um, declined or, you know, you're going to see some very surprising non-tenders soon. It just, you know, it makes me think that um, I don't know if MLBs and the other owners are overplaying their hand or just it, it doesn't it, it doesn't rub me the right way. I guess I'll, I'll put it like that. But, um, you know, you have a guy like Cohen come in and, you know, the Mets have holes to fill. And there's going to be a lot of options out there. And uh, again, back to the no restrictions. They're going to pick their guys. This person's going to make our team better. And it's going to be, um, you know, there's going to be no other issues. It's, it, I'm, I really don't know what to expect. But, uh, Jacob, what do you make of the – I don't want to say what do you make of the, the rash of releases and such, but um, do you feel that that's the, the only way to get out of this for, for certain teams who are, who are, you know, clearly everyone's hurting a little bit, but do they have to be releasing – solid parts of their team at this point yeah i mean teams are are looking at, at what they have and and where they are and i think um you know it's no no secret that teams lost a lot of money this year um that doesn't mean that these teams are broke and or these owners are broke because uh, they they are certainly well off um and can certainly uh cover the uh the salaries that they're slashing um but you know, it's a convenient, convenient excuse to to cut even further when you you have the cover of of those losses. Um, but yeah, I mean, seeing a guy like like Brad Hand being put on waivers because the Indians were hoping that a team would claim him and either you know pay him the ten million that he's owed next year, or uh, they didn't even want to pay the the one million dollar buyout. So um, it's weird, and I think. You know, we, we've seen difficulties on the market in, in recent years, and that's without a, a pandemic. So um, we're definitely heading towards a um, another offseason where, where you're just looking at guys who are available and they're just not signing because teams are uh, hoping that their prices will, will come down eventually by the start of spring training. Uh, we've seen it in the past, and um, I, I don't think there's any doubt that it'll happen again to probably an even bigger scale. Um, where you see maybe even guys who would command the, you know, a couple million here or there, uh, they're looking for a job. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't know what to expect other than the worst. Um, but you look at Cohen, who we just talked about, is well, well off. And he personally didn't take the losses that the Mets took because uh, he wasn't in charge of the team, obviously, this year. Um, but, you know, he he's – He's not going to have to stick his neck out too much to uh, to get into a bidding war for guys or or, or whatnot because um, he's in a much better place financially than, than all of these other teams are. Um, so yeah, I, I like I said, I think we just kind of have to brace for for the worst in terms of uh, the game and where it's going and really sports in general. Um, and uh, in any league, uh, they're just taking massive losses with, with no fans allowed in the in the stadium. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see where that goes and, uh, just kind of got to hope for the best, I guess. 
Yeah, I guess. Um, I still don't buy it that uh, that gate receipts really contribute that much to the pie. But we'll never know because MLB, does, well, they refuse to, but technically they don't have to show their books, but they refuse to show their books. But whatever, it, you know, it doesn't really concern us. And it really doesn't concern us anymore because Steve Cohen owns the team. And, and uh, you know, it's, we're out of that bubble, I guess. But, you know, you look at the list of players who've been cut loose, and some of them make sense. You know, Ryan Braun getting up there in age. I did think he would retire a Brewer. And, of course, they can always come back and re-sign. But, you know, Mike Leakes out there, who's a, you know, the Diamondbacks aren't really a contending team, but he was a contributor. Charlie Morton, who just had a very, very good run in the postseason. Uh, D. Strange Gordon, Colton Wong. Um, <laughs> oh, look, there's Ramos. Uh, Brett Gardner, um, you have to imagine he might make his way back to the Yanks, but that's a nice defensive replacement for any team. Um, really, I mean, Zanino, who showed a lot as a – his bat kind of came alive in the postseason. I'm sure he's going to land somewhere. Darren O'Day is still out there. Like, you know, and there's going to be more. There's going to be more coming. There's going to be trades available. Um, you know, we spoke a little bit about the Lindor deal, me and Joe Pantorno from AM New York, who we lost the uh, – we lost our recording. Joe came on the show. Hey, Joe. He came on the show last week, uh, and my microphone apparently took a shit because me and Jacob just started recording, and he gave me a heads up. He's like, hey, your microphone is skipping. I said, that's the same thing that happened with me and Joe. So uh, Joe's going to be back this week. But we talked a little bit about Lindor and, uh, you know, kind of the options that will come along with making that decision if he is available. And I'm, we're going to get back to that on Tuesday, me and Joe. But um, – just the kind of bulk availability of very good players. It, it just, it, the timing of it is coinciding so nicely with, uh, with the Mets and, and the, the, the needs that they'll have. There's going to be an abundance of good, you know, options out there. And, and again, it comes down to the money where just, you know, payroll restriction is not going to be in our lexicon anymore. And that's a really, really cool thing. So, um, yeah, you kind of have a lot to discuss. You know, pitching, of course, is probably number one on the list. Uh, for the Mets, you have Noah, who, you know, as of his original time frame, he could be back, I guess, baseball activity in April. Um, you know, you really can't bet on that. So the Mets kind of need a number two starter. They extended the qualifying offer to Marcus Stroman on Saturday, I believe, $18.9 one-year deal. That's the number uh, MLB set on. Jacob, a couple of questions. One, of course, the Mets had to uh, throw the offer out there because if he does leave, he gets the draft pick. But do you think in this market, without having much of a recent performance leg to stand on, do you think Stroman accepts the qualifying offer? It's certainly possible um, and not – really something that I gave too much thought into until fairly recently, because it's just kind of a given that the top free agents will uh, test the market and um, see what, see what teams are, are uh, willing to offer them. Um, but yeah, I mean, he hasn't pitched in front of, uh, you know, major league scouts with uh, fans in the stands against major league quality hitters. He hasn't done that since, uh, since spring training in, in March and, uh, not on a you know consistent basis since uh, the 2019 season. So, um, given that, I mean, it, you know, in a normal year, I, I would say okay, even that people know his track record, 
fine. You know, he'll get multi-year offers. But, you know, like we were just talking about, teams are going to cry poor this offseason. And um, there's certainly a chance. You know, it's always kind of his level of, of talent that gets kind of left over uh, or has been in recent years. You know, the, the, the top, top guys, except for, I know, the, the Harper and Machado sweepstakes went on. But usually the big guys like the Garrett Coles of the world will, you know, find a, a suitor by the uh, end of December at the latest, usually. Um, but it's the guys of that kind of mid-tier level that sometimes uh, sit there and um, are probably worth a little more. But teams are waiting for their prices to come down because um, they just don't want to, you know, put so much money on, on that risk. But um, so I, I can certainly see a situation where that happens. And um, with him not being the number one free agent pitcher after after Bauer, um, there's uh, certainly a potential of him to not get what he probably should get uh, on an open market and, and in a, a perfect year. So I, I certainly think there's a chance that he takes it, um, you know, pitch come back next year and, and use that as a, a platform. He will be a year older. So that, that is something to keep in mind, you know, pitchers you just are kind of waiting for them to, to fall apart. And, um, you know, I'm sure he would like the security of a, of a multi-year deal, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure he'll consider it, uh, consider accepting. Uh, I, I put it at probably less than, less than, you know, 35% odds that he would take it, but I'm sure he'll, He'll consider it as an option. Oh, I think, yeah, I think considering it has to be an option, it's a lot of money. Um, it certainly gives him the opportunity to stabilize his value um, with what's expected to be a solid team. And, and even going past um, Stroman, I mean, the Mets are going to have options on the starting pitching side. You know, they might not be your front of the line guy and, um, you know, if you just look at Bauer's stats, and I, we had this conversation a little bit on the last show, and if, if you just look at Bauer's stats, he's a fine number two pitcher. He's going to command number one money, and I, you know, I, I, I'm hesitant to commit. I wrote an article on Metamorized Sport last week. I'm, uh, I'm wary of committing that much money to a guy who's put together like a season and a third of really, really good pitching. But you know, the, the Mets, I'm sure, have their their ducks lined up as far as what they're going after. But, you know, you look around, and I know I know Tanaka's come out there, and if you're plugging him into the back of the rotation, I'm not sure I'm against that. But, um, you know, let's just leave him out there for a second. But you go down the line, and guys like Jake Odorizzi, um, <laughs> I'll go back to Charlie Morton. We just talked about him. That's a, you know, an enticing option. Robbie Ray, I would not be opposed to. To, uh, to giving him a look. Um, Julio Terran, I, I would certainly be intrigued by. And, uh, oh, I was getting hit on Twitter. Ah, boy, I wish I could remember who it was, but they were really intent on opening my eyes to Kevin Gausman from mm. San Francisco. And, uh, you know, looking into his numbers, hey, that would be an exciting pickup as well. Like, you know, the, the Mets are going to have uh, options on the table and with the kind of three-tiered or however you want to look at it, however the, the cookie crumbles as far as the hierarchy in the front office, you know, you're going to have very um, directly focused parts of the front office who are going to, you know, they're going to bring to you who they think is going to help the team. I don't want to repeat myself, but, you know, it's just a, such a such a great 
development within the organization, and you can only assume that it's going to spill down onto the field. And, uh, all good things, but um, yeah, it doesn't. You know, if Strowman leaves and if Bauer's not in the cards, you know, I, I, <laughs> there are better options out there. Or there are good options, I should say. And uh, and then on the trade front, you have to kind of poke around. And, you know, there's a. Uh, there's certainly a lot to talk about there. Do you have any guys that kind of stand out to you as far as filling out the rotation? Uh, you know, you kind of mentioned some of the names. I think, you know, Morton is, is probably could be had on a, uh, a friendly deal just given his age. Um, I mean, there was even some, some talk of uh, him potentially retiring this off season. Um, but you mentioned Kevin Gausman. I mean, he's kind of seemed to, uh, put himself back in the conversation of just, you know, solid, you know, number three, number four starters. And, um, you know, those are the kind of guys that, that are going to be available. Um, and, you know, if, if Bauer is not, like you said, if Bauer is not in the car since Stroman leaves, it's really just imperative that they, they bring in the, the best of, of that next tier. Um, you know, you mentioned Tanaka, he's been very, very solid for a number of years now and in New York, um, I think the interesting name to me is Corey Kluber, who's, you know, coming off a, uh, a terrible year just in terms of having the injury and, um, he'll probably get a, uh, kind of a, a prove it deal with, with lots of incentives and, um, probably like a one year, 10, 11, 12 mil, um, you know, see if he can recapture his young form. I think if you bring him in and don't expect him to be your number two starter. If you, you bring him in and say, okay, you're, you're going to be our, our four and, and have the opportunity to, to be uh, much more than that. I think um, he would certainly be a solid addition. James Paxton, uh, Jose Quintana, you know, there, there are guys out there. Um, no one like super like young and, and, and ready to pick up a, a four or five year deal. But um you know, it, it'll be interesting. Um, Rick Porcello is actually the number two guy available in terms of 2020 F4. So uh, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps they bring him back as the number five starter. I don't know. Um, but In a number yeah. five role, in a five spot where he was supposed to be, I'm okay with that. <laughs> it's a, yeah. when, you have him, when you have him go in number two or number three, I mean, that's when, um, that's when you know you're in trouble. But, uh, yeah, in the five hole, sure. You know, I was very impressed with Alex Wood in the playoffs. And I don't know if he's still a starter, but if he's back to form, he's a very, very good pitcher. And if he's available, I'm certainly taking a flyer on him. Yeah, I mean, the the names are there. Um, you know, I'm trusting in Sandy Alderson and, and whoever else they bring in to run the baseball ops that they have a, an eye for talent and – uh, know how to utilize their resources, um, and obviously the money is is not an issue. So um, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting, and um, we we don't know what's available on the trade market if if that becomes an option. Um, we'll see if the Cohen regime is is willing to part ways with prospects in ex- in exchange for uh, you know proven proven players. So um, yeah, just a lot that we don't know right now that will probably come into focus as we go along the winter months. Sure. Um, and without really knowing how the minor league season is going to be handled next year, uh, the Mets were holding their instructional league down in Port St. Lucie over the past few weeks or a couple of weeks. 
that was moving along swimmingly. And uh, we learned of two positive COVID tests in camp. And uh, that was, I guess, oh, just in the past day or two. And on Sunday, we heard that they're now shutting down uh, the instructional camp. Uh, I guess it, they don't want to try and ramp things back up after uh, a five or five day or however long the break's going to be with uh, only two scheduled weeks left of the camp. So they're going to shut that down. But um, are you concerned with like developmental progress from some of these guys? Or I know the Mets have some guys going to Australia to play. And of course you have your normal contingent of guys going down to Dominican or Venezuela. Um, are you concerned as far as how these things are going to be not handled, but um, you know, not under the eye of a, of a new Mets regime or are these, these guys just getting their work in. Uh, I mean, I, I am concerned just with, uh, well, I, I wouldn't say concerned. I would say I, I really just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, going into 2021, you know, how do I kind of project out as someone who's trying to keep close tabs on, on what's going on in, in the farm system? How do I project out where, you know, a guy like Mark Vientos should start 2021 um, when he should be? He should have played all of 2020 in uh, you know, high A St. Lucie and maybe even reaching double A by the end of the year. Um, and now going into 2021, he should be, you know, knocking on the door of double A and, and maybe even triple A by, by mid season. So, um, you know, it's, it's not like he's been doing nothing. He, all of these guys have been, uh, you know, taking, taking their hacks. So wherever they may be, we're still working out, getting stronger. Um, some of these young guys are still, you know, getting older and, and more developed, um, but not having the, the, uh, the day in day out of, of playing games and, and, uh, just getting your, your skills, right. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, and only a, a few select top guys were invited to the alternate site during the, uh, the shortened season. So, um, you know, I'm not particularly worried about the Mauricio's, the Alvarez's, uh, Brett Beatty, Matt Allen, those guys. Um, it's more like the. The younger guys are, you know, the, the guys who signed out of the Dominican Republic in now 2019, who it'll be two years before they play their first professional games, uh, you know, that, that count. Um, so, yeah, I, I really am not sure what the, the future holds for, for minor league baseball. And obviously there will be a contraction going into to 2021 if there are games and, um, you know, if there's no short season ball um, you're going to end up with guys who maybe won't play games that, that are, you know, cause they do play games at the complexes and, and that counts, but we, we don't see that, but uh, you know, they won't play games where they track stats and, you know, maybe two years at a time, maybe even three years for some guys. So it's a weird, um, weird way that everything's going to be set up. And um, you know, I think the, the guys who will be okay are the guys who are already in the upper levels of the minors. And unfortunately for the Mets, their upper levels have been pretty barren for the last couple of years. And um, so I, I'm just kind of waiting for some definitive word on, on things and, and seeing how everything's going to be laid out. Obviously, if you're having your instructional camp shut down because of COVID cases, that's not good uh, at, at all, of course. Um, and uh, is just going to further affect everyone's development. So, uh, yeah, really, really not sure what to make of, of development going forward. And uh, all, all I can say for sure is that 
uh, minor league baseball as we know it will look very, very different the next time it, it gets underway. Oh, for sure. I mean, thankfully, some of these guys looked really sharp. I mean, we were just getting clips from um, Mets Farm Report on Twitter, who's been really, really good about sharing uh, footage. Uh, I, I remember a clip of Matthew Allen. They showed all of his strikeout pitches last week. And, and boy, he looks polished. Uh, Francisco Alvarez. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know who the pitch was from, but boy, he sat on a breaking pitch and absolutely crushed this thing to the opposite field. Um, you know, and for any of us who pay attention to prospects, that's just like, oh my God, really get, gets your attention when you see uh, such a young hitter with such, um, such skills. It's, it's, you know, very cool to see. And, you know, just to, for all the knocks on Van Wagen in, the Van Wagenen regime, uh, they certainly did draft well. And you have to hope that Cohen and Sandy will, uh, will you know, kind of lean on those guys and, and try to keep around who really contributed because, boy, they were certainly doing something right. And uh, you got to hope that continues. But like you said, I mean, you know, when when the draft comes around this summer, where are you going to stick them if you don't have, you know, short season ball? Like it's it just it's it's going to be uh, like you said, the landscape is going to be shifted dramatically, and um, you know how guys respond to this time off. That's going to probably be the the litmus test. Um, and I'm intrigued by Vientos because he's a power guy, and the Mets don't have a ton of power guys in their in their system. Um, he plays a uh, a higher profile position. He's still at third base, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So he plays a higher profile position. Um, you don't have a, a, a concreted in third baseman. I mean, there's going to be <laughs> at least one on the trade market this year. We can assume Nolan, uh, Nolan Arenado. And I wouldn't be shocked if Chris Bryant finds himself on the market as well. He seemed um, just about fed up with, uh, <laughs> with what's going on in Chicago by the end of the season. Um, and that's certainly an intriguing name, but you know, you, you have to wonder if he doesn't get included in trade discussions. Um, does he play? He doesn't play first at all, does he, Vientos? He doesn't, um, and I think he'll probably stick at third unless they they need him to move. And um, he does have a very big body and probably isn't, uh, I guess, quick enough. You know, quick twitch enough to to play a corner outfield spot. So. Uh, if he does go anywhere, I'm sure he could play first. Um, but I think they're they're pretty content on, on keeping him at, at third for now. And, you know, that, that certainly shouldn't preclude them from going after an Arenado or, or a Bryant. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting to see him and, and Beatty, two guys at that same position, with, where they end oh, up kind Beatty, of playing. Yeah. If they end up playing at the same level together, kind of how they divvy up that playing time. But, um, you know... Hopefully they have the, the designated hitter in the major leagues and the national league for, for years to come, and, and they won't have to worry about that. Oh, you have to hope so. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny because uh, before negotiations broke down when they were trying to come up with a COVID season, um, both leagues, uh, both, I'm sorry, both the, the players' union and the league uh, agreed on universal DH through 2021 or through the end of the CBA. Um, once negotiations broke down and uh, uh, Manfred had to enact the season under his terms, of course, you know, that agreement was, was a, a nullified point. But, um, you know, you have to assume it, it's, everybody was on board at one point. Um, it, it appeared that it was 
at least more aesthetically pleasing this year, not to see pitchers hit. And, um, you know, of course, everybody likes a pitcher hitting a home run, but that's, you know, that's kind of all it brings to the table, at least through my eyes. Um, You know, just this kind of steady motion of an offense moving. I think the Mets, for one, uh, (laughs) really uh, were benefited or would have benefited over a full season. I think that they were getting on track, but uh, with so much versatility and so many guys without true positions and you got to find their bats for everybody. Uh, the DH is useful and the Mets aren't the only team that, that use it to their advantage. So uh, yeah, one has to hope that, <laughs> that they'll, they'll kind of keep that going through the new CBA. I would kind of find it silly not to, but uh, yeah, uh, as far as third base, they have options. Um, you know, JD Davis, you have to assume is going to be out on the block. They're going to have to either decide on what to do with him. I think, I really feel like he's the type of player. I think we spoke about this that needs to kind of play every day and get in that groove, but who knows? Maybe he doesn't. And, uh, you know, he certainly has the offensive profile to be a a difference maker in this league, but his glove kind of hinders him. And without that, uh, without that anchor, he might continue to be a kind of float around the field guy. And that might not be, um, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Find him at bats, but can he find his rhythm? That's that's going to be what it comes down to for JD. And if another team can can use him, that's a pretty hefty trade chip. I mean, his uh, <laughs> his batted ball profile is just uh, you know off the charts, and that's despite uh, an off twenty twenty. But um, everyone, not everyone, but you know, everyone kind of assumes that yeah, he'll he'll regain his footing. But a guy like Dom Smith is sure to get. Uh, sure to draw interest. You have to wonder what the Mets are kind of thinking, uh, which direction to go with him. Uh, if there is a DH, of course, he slides right into that kind of first base on some days DH role. He looks better than JD did in left field, so you have to think he's going to get looks out there, depending on what the Mets do with center field. Like, there's a lot of questions and a lot of dominoes to fall. Um, you know, but I haven't been this excited about an offseason in November in God knows how long. So this is, uh, it's all pretty cool. Yeah. And like, like we've been saying, we, it's exciting, but we don't know which way it's going to go. Uh, or, it can go so many ways, right? What, what path they're going to take or, or any of that. So, um, you know, there are additions that need to be made. There, there are decisions with, you know, current players that need to be made. And, uh, you know, hopefully a season starts on time next year and, and everything's back to normal. And, uh, you know, we play the full 162 and um, kind of get back in that flow. But, um, you know, everywhere from who, who's going to be the starting catcher next year, who's going to be the starting shortstop next year, who's going to be the, uh, you know, filling out the rotation. Uh, there's just plenty of plenty of things that need to be answered and um, just kind of excited that we should be getting those answers pretty soon. Yeah, and I'm pretty excited to uh... – to do a weekly rundown of how of this uh, this whole process as the winter trudges on because uh, again this is um it, it's new territory man this is a brand new world for Mets fans and, you know this is going to be a uh, going to be a fun a fun ride but uh, we we certainly want to leave a little content for the rest of our uh, our episodes so we could probably sit here for the next hour and a half going through <laughs> the roster but it's football Sunday let's go enjoy that for a bit um, of course. 
dude, uh, you, you know, hang in there in quarantine. I hope it's, uh, you know, I hope it ends sooner than expected, but I also hope that you brought enough stuff to keep you occupied. That could be, uh, um, you know, could be a boring time. I hope you, I uh, hope you're all good. Yeah, man. I, I get through it talking to, talking to people like you got my friends on, uh, on FaceTime and got plenty of, plenty of snacks to, to keep be busy so um yeah like right. like you said hope, hoping we get out of here soon but um yeah i appreciate it cool man all right everybody we are going to be back with joe pantorno from am new york uh later in the week we're again we're going to give that another try i do apologize for my muffled microphone this week as i said my uh, my regular mic is no longer in working condition i'm recording on my uh on my headphones right now so, uh, Andrew, thank you so much for working your magic, making us sound okay. And if it doesn't sound okay, my sincere apologies, everybody. But uh, we'll be back later in the week, hopefully with a new mic. Jacob, thanks again for coming on, man. And uh, everyone, you know where to find us. Let's go Mets. See you next time.